This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, it's time for Mark and Kitchen. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original, 103.7. W-E-E-I. All right, back here in the Martin Kitchen Show, 401-777-1037 is the phone number. 401-777-1037 is the phone number. Um, Kitch, is Mac Jones a dirty player? Yeah, why not? That's the answer. Um, and it's not, not a hard one to me. He's absolutely no. – he, he makes dirty plays. Now, am I saying he should be vilified across the NFL? No, because I think Sauce Gardner looks bad making it – whatever the little uh, cup check or whatever he did, um, making it into a thing, I thought made him look soft and, and whiny and like a little tattletale, honestly. But let's, I mean, you could see it. Mac Jones was pissed about getting thrown down or whatever happened on that play. And like we've seen before, he got emotional and reacted, whether it was twisting somebody's ankle or diving at somebody's feet or hitting them in the penis. He gets emotional, gets a little pissed, and for a brief second, can't control that emotion and, and acts out. It is what it is. That's what it is. So th- there's no debate about this. He does do little things that are dirty. Um, I don't think it means his teammates can't stand him or won't follow his lead or anything like that. But it is what it is. He does do dirty things in I mean, the heat or in a fit of rage. Not that big of a deal. Honestly, go back and watch Tom Brady's career. He did a few dirty things along the way picking up the spikes when he was sliding to try and, you know, dig it into your ankle. He sure. did dirty. A lot of these guys do. It, it's not that big of a deal. I don't think it's going to get him punished by other teams. A couple of guys are going to point it out. A couple of guys are going to be little crybabies as if they don't do dirty crap too. It happens all the time. If you, Once you listen to some of the stories from some of these guys when they talk about what happens in those big pileups, Groins are being grabbed and pulled. People are being getting their eyes poked and tried to gouge. You know, people are trying to pull off fish hooks in those piles. It is what it is. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but yeah, he's, he's kind of dirty. I just think we wanted to, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but it's clear. It is what it is. It's right there in front of our face. It's happened multiple times. You know, he has a tendency to be dirty. That is um, a fact at this point, And I don't think it's debatable. Um, looking ahead to the game on Sunday, yeah, this is it's interesting to me because a lot of people have classified. You know, I think everybody was on a Cowboys high early in the season. I understand they destroyed the Giants, and then 
you know, the Jets, whatever. I don't even what, – what do you say about that t- that game? Um, but people are acting like the Patriots are walking into a buzzsaw based on what happened in Arizona last weekend, and I don't see it that way. I think that the, I think the Patriots and the Cowboys are going to slug it out. Now, I'm not saying the Patriots are going to win, but I don't think Dallas um, has the They're not that good to be a buzzsaw. You know They're what I mean? They're not that good. No, I agree. They don't have the coach. They don't have the quarterback. Uh, they're not that good. They're decent. You know, they're a, an upper, you know, a second-tier team in the NFL. But they're not the 49ers. They're not one of these other teams. You know, they're not Kansas City. They're not, uh, you know, Philadelphia, if you want to put them there as well. Like, they're not one of those three teams. They're not in the upper, upper echelon of the NFL. They're good. But ultimately, we know what Dallas is going to do. They're going to make the playoffs, and they're not even going to make the conference championship. And it's going to be another just kind of what the hell happened to Dallas here. That's yeah. what they are. That's who they've been. Now, they lost their uh, they lost their starting cornerback, Trayvon Diggs, to the season. That stinks. Looks like Tyron Smith's not going to play in this game. Looks like he's out for it. So those are two good things that are benefiting the Patriots here. But – it is going to be an interesting game. I don't think it's going to be a particularly high-scoring game, even though I think if we want to start to feel good about Mac Jones and the Patriots' offense, we'd like to see them get out and score, you know, maybe 14 points in the first half. Can we get 17 points in the first half? Can we kind of get off to a hot start? Because Dallas is the type of team that if you get behind them, they're just going to clamp down on you. You know, they, they are better than you. They're a better team than the Patriots. It's not like they're going to come in here and blow doors off the Patriots, but they're definitely a better team. And if you don't get it off to a hot start with that, if you let them up to a 10-point lead, you're not going to come back in that game. And that goes into what we've talked about before, where the Patriots aren't built to come back. And I don't mean from an, just from an execution perspective. They don't have... I just think inherently they don't have the belief that they're able to come back from major deficits, especially on the back of their offense, based on where they've been and what they are and what they've been molded to be. So you have to find a way. um, You know, I I just think, and I don't even want to say this, Ben. I, I do think, though, this is a candidate for a game where the Patriots could actually wrestle the Cowboys into playing the type of game that they want to play and to not have it become a shootout to not. And I know there were points scored the last time these two teams played right in 2021, Mac Jones rookie year. That was actually a pretty high scoring game. Um, And Jones was making plays and there was that long pass to Kendrick Bourne. I, I just think that this is a situation where the Patriots could, I think do have a chance to wrestle Dallas into more of a lower scoring, you know, run the ball lower type of thing and have them play it on their terms, which would keep it close, which would give the Patriots a chance to win it late um, and win it with maybe 20 or 21 points opposed to having to score 30 or 35. I think the Patriots could wrestle the Cowboys into that type of game. I'm not saying Dallas wouldn't be able to win that type of game, but I see the Patriots. I think seven is a big number here, and I think the Patriots are going to be able to find a way to keep it close. Um, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt because they haven't proven that they can win these types of games. So I still think at home, Dallas, a better team to this point, coming off of a bad loss, like they're going to be the team that I lean towards. But 
Don't tell me there's some buzzsaw or there's some juggernaut that just had a misstep last week in Arizona. They're still trying to figure out and prove to the NFL what they are, and Dak Prescott doing the same thing. I think the Patriots are going to be right there this week, and they're going to be able to keep it close. Would you feel better about this team moving forward if they beat the Cowboys 15-10 to 10, just like they beat the Jets, or if it mimics that 2021 game where they lose 35-29 in overtime? Which scenario would make you feel better about this team moving forward? I, I think I've been pretty consistent on this. It would be the high-scoring, making plays all over the field offensively type of game. That, that, I mean, you go to one and three, but I think you have no chance if you can't score with some of the best teams in the league and if you can't score and win over you know a game where both teams score over 25 points. So that would make me feel better. And if he was making plays down the field, especially against this defense on the road, making plays down the field, looking dynamic, maybe came back during the a part of this game where they were down double digits and they had to make a lot of plays in a, in a short amount of time and score quickly. I, yeah, that would excite me more, even in a loss. We'd still have the Mac Jones can't get this team over the hump to win a game thing. Um, but I need to see something here. Look, we know that they, I don't. I'm not a big believer in Dak Prescott. I know if if the Patriots play well defensively, they can hold them to under 25 points, and then it would just be become uh, it would go back to what it's been. Well, you know, they held this guy under 25 points, and it was an okay quarterback, and the defense rose up, and they won a game when the other quarterback didn't play well. I know they can do that. Are you going to be able to do that when Mahomes comes to town with Burrow all the time? You know, like you with some of the best quarterbacks, even in, a, in an AFC this year that maybe isn't as good as we thought, I still don't believe in that model. So I need to see them score and, and put up big points and big numbers and then go from there. So that would make me feel better, a big number offensively. What about yeah, you? I, 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 I mean, normally I would say, no, give me the win. Give me right. the 15 to 10 win. Let them – show the world that this defense is really, really good. But then when I look at the schedule and I go, I know you've got two Bills games. You got a Dolphins game left. You've got a Kansas City game. Um, you know, the Chargers game could be something interesting. I don't know. You never know. But when you have those type of games still left on your schedule, you want to be able to look at your team and go, okay, they can score. They can kind of hang with some of these teams because we know even though the defense is good, it's going to be damn near impossible to stop all of those teams. You're going to have to try and score and keep up with some of them. Even with a good defense, you're going to need your offense to actually participate and do its part in the game. So, yeah, I do now hedge on that side. If you lost 35 to 29, it was a shootout. It was a close game at the end. And, you know, let's just say in this scenario, the defense let you down. It wasn't Mac. Mac didn't have that last minute opportunity and couldn't pull it off the defense kind of you know blew it for you at the end i'd actually feel better about that than if you won 15 to 10 against this cowboys team because it's not like you were beating the dolphins 15 to 10 if you beat the dolphins 15 to 10 i'll take that scenario every day over a close loss to the dolphins do you know what i'm saying does yeah. that make sense yes and be because I don't see. think the Dallas offense is really that good. It's decent. It's better than you, but it's not that good. It's not top tier. Well, no, because, but what the quarterback does have is a bona fide number one weapon, a number one wide receiver. 
He sure that does. CeeDee Lamb a, is fantastic. It's such a great case study. Or I shouldn't call it a case study, but you see what I CeeDee Lamb isn't yeah, the nerd. best. He, he's not the best wide receiver in the league. Okay? But he is a at the level where you say that is our bona fide number one. That is a guy. And he's on the outside. And I just wish the Patriots could find that. Do you he's need the, the best guy best. in the league? No. But, but he's one of the seven that. best wide receivers in the league. No, I know. You know it, it, it's not like he's that far off. I mean, Tyreek Hill is absolutely special. Um, some of these guys are special. But CeeDee Lamb's not that far off, off from any of those guys. No, but I don't put he's him on that the, damn good. I, I don't put him at Tyreek Hill's level. I don't put him on Justin Jefferson's level quite yet. Like, no, no, no. He's right there. Um, but he's a but bona fide outs- number one. You know, outside those top three guys, top three wide receivers in the NFL, like you could say he's the fourth best. You could say he's the tenth best. He's certainly one of the ten best. Right. You know, it, um, it's without question. Is he better than Jamar Chase? You know, probably on no, that level I, somewhere uh, near him. Chase is probably the guy I'd put, you know, third, third or fourth, you know, depending on well, we're forgetting about Cooper Cup existing because he's hurt. And, but... and, and Kelsey. Yeah, that tight end. I, I don't. No, I know, but oh, he's a pass-catching weapon. And with Mahomes, he's as good sure. as you'll find. Sure. Yeah, agreed. Um, but I, I, I'm also going to just say this, because we've talked about this. I actually think, Kitch, it's very encouraging for the Patriots to look around the league. Now, will they do anything about it? I don't know. But I would say it's encouraging to look around the league and look at San Francisco and look at Philadelphia and look at Miami. And say, geez, look at what these teams have done and how they've built their rosters. We could do that. And those three teams, Kitch, you've got the, 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 you know, two of the best teams in the NFC last year, one that went to the Super Bowl. And maybe even, I can't remember, were they favored in the Super I mean, they, it was right there with Kansas City. They had every chance to win that game. And then you have the, the toast of the league early on this year. I mean, you could be that team. You just have to build it that way and commit to the weaponry around the quarterback. So I think that trend actually should be something that the Patriots are hopeful about. It should make them hopeful. It's just you got to do something. you you got to get to that point where you can A, and it's always the X factor here. It's not just about you have to be willing to spend. You've got to draft well, and that is always the X factor with Bill Belichick in regards to a pass-catching, wide-receiving threat. Can you draft well enough to get him when maybe you didn't have, there's not a guy available via trade or free agency and you don't want to pay or whatever? Can you draft CeeDee Lamb? Can you draft Jamar Chase? I understand. I forget where Lamb was taken. Do you remember where he was taken in the draft? I, I don't. I, 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 I mean, I honestly don't. I'm just saying I understand you can't always pick in the top five. But Justin Jefferson wasn't a top five pick. No. You know what I mean? Like you've got to find a way. Tyreek Hill certainly wasn't. You've got to find a way to draft. CeeDee Lamb guy. was 17th overall. 17th overall. That is where the Patriots are going to be living. Okay? Mm-hmm. We know Travis Kelsey was like a third round pick. I mean, you got to find these guys in the draft sometimes. It, it can't always just be because even some of the – I understand you had Tyreek Hill. You traded for him. But you also had Jalen Waddell. And that was a draft pick. And he's a nice yep. compliment to Hill. You drafted CeeDee Lamb. You drafted Jamar Chase. You drafted Justin Jefferson. With a pick that you got in a trade, I understand that. 
But the reason you were able to make that trade is because you drafted Stephon Diggs. So you got to have that draft success, and that's been Bill Belichick's well, bugaboo, as we when, know and we've discussed many times. When um, you look at the look at the Patriots schedule, I can look at it and go, I think there's only one team where you have better you have the best wide receiver. Right. One. And that would be the Giants. You look at every other team, they're number one, and sometimes they're one and two are better than anything you're throwing the ball to. Cowboys, obviously, CeeDee Lamb. Saints have Olave, and Thomas is back. Raiders, Devontae Adams. Bills, we know with Diggs. Dolphins, we know what situation's there. Garrett the Commanders, Ter- Jets. Terry McLaurin. The Colts have Pittman, who's probably better than anything you have. Giants, you probably win that one. But Chargers, Keenan Allen's better than anything you have. Steelers, Deontay Johnson, if he's healthy, is better than anything you have. Chiefs, Kelsey. But Broncos, Jerry Judy. And then back to the Bills and Jets. Yeah, St. Brown. I'm th- I mean, Mike Evans. Yeah, it, it's a tough... Uh, I mean, we, we really have to get into the weeds to, to rank all those things. But you know what that argument reminds me of, Kitch, in this day and age? It reminds me of if you're going into an NBA game and you don't have – if every other team other than one had the best player on the floor every night you went out to play. Even if you had a good squad. If the best player on the floor was always on the other team, seemingly, that makes it really hard in today's NBA or in today's NFL when you're talking about every other team having a top pass catcher, especially if you're talking about the best ones in the conference and the true contenders. Yeah. Especially if their quarterback is better. And whether or not you think Joe Burrow is an elite quarterback or, or uh, Josh Allen is an elite quarterback, well, they've proven they're better than your guy. Whether they're elite in that elite, you know, we could debate the, the tiers of quarterback play they're, in the NFL. They're significantly better. They're significantly they, better than your they guy. They go win games. Your guy, we can sit here and you can say he's good. He's not. Uh, you can say he's okay. Yeah, he's okay. He hasn't won a game. See, see, this is why. Has he won a game in two-plus seasons? Has he won a game? Tell me which one. No. You can't. No. So not only do you have a quarterback that can't win a game on his own, you have mediocre talent around him. I'm sick of this crap. I'm sick of it. You've had no real plan for four years. Four years. No real plan on offense. A guy comes in. He's available for you. He's not what he was, but he's still better than anything you have. And you opt not to sign him. For what? To have some financial flexibility for week six? In case you want to pick up a guy off the scrap heap? Or because you you know you want to spend some more money on special teams, like we're going to pretend like that is an equal portion of the game. I just want to say, and if one special thing teams is what's winning games for you, you've got bigger problems. This is why. This is exactly why. This week, I was annoyed because I kept seeing on Twitter uh, these side by sides of Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence, and hey, if you look at it. In their last X number of games, they're actually pretty similar. And, you know, everybody's giving Mac Jones all this ish, but 
him and Trevor Lawrence are actually right on the same level playing field. Just look at their stats over the last how many games. Here's the difference, and this is why it doesn't make me feel any better. Trevor Lawrence, even though he's struggling mightily in, a, in an inexplicable way, really, right now, he has won those games. I've seen him do what I've been yearning Mac he Jones. Had three, he had three fourth-quarter comebacks last year. Three. He, he has, has five in his games. He has, he has five in his game. He has five game-winning drives. Mac has technically one game-winning drive. And, and, and just the eye test. Trevor Lawrence has come back in games and won them. He has put up ridiculously efficient numbers in playoff games and had big games and big high-scoring games for his team. And he's done it in the playoffs, and he's won a playoff game. So don't give me these And he had to deal with a year of Urban Meyer. Right. So that was as bad of a situation as you have with Patricia and Judge. So – don't give me these side-by-sides because because what okay maybe he's struggling now maybe he's in a rut a slump whatever you want to say but at least trevor lawrence has won those games has played in those high scoring games has proven he can find a way to get his team over the hump in those games put up those numbers and win in the playoffs against some of the best competition and And, and by the way by the way what did he do it with as wide receivers last year he turned christian kirk into a viable player Christian Kirk was off the scrap heap because he never really could do anything down in Arizona. So it's not like Trevor Lawrence was throwing to, you know, three top, you know, a top 10 wide receiver and a top 10 tight end. He's thrown to Christian Kirk, who was nice last year because Trevor Lawrence made him nice. Just don't give me that. Because this guy, that, not that I think Trevor Lawrence is a slam dunk. And like I said, I'm actually disappointed um, I, th- I had him as the MVP this year, okay? Yeah, so no, I'm way too. off my reservation here. But don't give me this Mac Jones stuff because Lawrence has done things that Mac Jones hasn't touched. So I don't want to hear that just because, you know, I hate stats, just because the numbers look similar in their last X amount of games. Lawrence has proven he can do things and he can get to a level Jones has never been on, and that's, that's a fact. And until Mac Jones can do that, we're going to have to wait and continue to hold out hope that maybe they can get to that point because Jones is, I mean, Lawrence, as you said, it's not like he's throwing to the best receivers in the league. Okay. He was an MVP candidate last year. He finished seventh in the MVP. Now it doesn't mean a whole lot, but I guarantee you, Matt Jones wasn't in the top 70, let alone seven of MVP candidates. They're not the same. They're not even close. Um, coming up, we have to talk about the Damian Lillard trade. I've been very excited to talk about this. I thought it was a yes. very significant uh, move in the NBA, um, one that obviously affects the Boston Celtics. I also have an Alex Cora thought to present. Um, and anything else you want to talk about, 401-777-1037 is the phone number. This is the Mark and Kitchen Show, 1037 WEI. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 